What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 4040 Vision Podcast, the ultimate sports history pod brought to you by Sideline Sports. I'm your host, Colette Abdallah, and I'm joined today by my good friend and fellow co-host, Salman Huck. What's up, man? How you doing? Hey, man. How's it going? It's going good, good. So today we are doing a review of the wide receiver busts from the year 2011 on. Uh, so the format we're going to go is we're going to go basically in the order that these guys were selected. So not by year, but by draft pick. So think first overall, second overall, third overall, etc. We're going to talk a little bit about what went wrong with this guy's career and his initial selection. How could his career have possibly been fixed? Maybe not. And also what the ideal team might have been for this player. So We'll go ahead and get started with the uh, fifth overall pick from the 2012 draft, wide receiver Justin Blackman out of Oklahoma State University. So uh, as we said, Blackman was selected fifth overall by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, he had an okay rookie year, pretty good actually. Uh, he went for about 900 yards, five receiving touchdowns, but unfortunately, uh, he had some issues with uh, substances, substance abuse, and that basically ruined his career. So he played four games his uh, sophomore season. He was hit with suspension after suspension, so a lot like Josh Gordon. And he was eventually suspended for violating all of these NFL policies, and his career essentially ended right then and there. So, Solman, how could Justin Blackman's career have been fixed? You know, Blackman, I think he just needed someone to kind of mentor him, uh, you know, be in a winning environment. I think the Jaguars were, you know, pretty strong losing culture at that time. Uh, not not much has changed for them, but, you know, and they had a lot of bad players at that time. So, you know, if the Jaguars maybe brought in someone like a Reggie Wayne at that time to come, you know, mentor this guy and help this kid and show him the ropes of the NFL. Uh, I think also their coaching staff was pretty horrendous, like, Mike Malarkey was their coach. So it doesn't help when you have a bad coach, losing culture, young guys just going out partying and stuff like that. That probably drove them down the route of substance abuse even more. Um, and no one really there to kind of help him out and, you know, mentor him and help him with his problems. Right. So I think if he had some of that, maybe, maybe he, you, his career gets saved, but it's hard. It's hard to say with these guys who have substance abuse issues. Yeah. It, it's a pretty, common issue that we see in the NFL with some of these guys. I mean, they they come in, they have some red flags around these issues and teams think that maybe they can fix them or help them, uh, but maybe they don't have the infrastructure to do so. You think about guys like Alden Smith, who, you know, had issues with alcoholism and another receiver that the, the Jags took in this decade as well, uh, Matt Jones, who also had his career ended prematurely because of some, some uh, substance issues. So, it's a recurring problem and the NFL doesn't seem to have it figured out on, on how to fix. Well, I don't want to say fix these guys, but how to help these guys. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, so maybe, you know, if he goes to a team like the Seattle Seahawks where they have guys like Richard Sherman, Marshawn Lynch and Doug Baldwin, and you know, just a stronger culture and a stronger group of players around him, maybe he does better. Maybe go somewhere like Arizona and, you know, has Larry Fitzgerald take him under the wing and kind of show him the ropes and things like that. Maybe that helps Justin Blackman and maybe he's, we're not talking about him as a big time bust here. 
Absolutely. Yeah, he just he needed that infrastructure. And I had high hopes for him. You know, we thought he was going to be another Des Bryant, basically. Exactly. Yeah, um, exactly. He had the size and the speed and the physicality, and he was incredible uh, in college. So he was worth that that fifth overall pick because he had the measurables, he had the production, but unfortunately just did not work out for him. So the uh, the next guy is a wide receiver who's still currently active in the NFL, um, and that is Kevin White out of West Virginia. So the Chicago Bears selected Kevin White seventh overall in the 2015 draft. So what what went wrong with uh, Kevin White? Yeah, Kevin White, man, I was super excited about this guy coming out of college, big body dude. You're like, oh man, he has all the traits. He's going to look real good. I really hope the Niners would have taken him in this draft, uh, but they did not. But yeah, what's been wrong is he just can't stay healthy. He, I think he started off, you know, with a stress fracture in his shin, which required surgery right after being drafted. And then you fractured his fibula the next year in the same leg. So, and then the next year you fractured his shoulder blade. And then, you know, that's just his like first three seasons in the NFL. This guy's getting like fractures everywhere. Uh, and then, you know, he's missed like 43 out of 48 possible games. And so he just, it wasn't the same player, right? When you have serious stress fractures to your legs, it's, it's hard to recover from that, especially for bigger guys. Uh, I mean, I think that's the same injury that led to Yao Ming retiring out of the NBA. So it's hard to recover from things like that. And, you know, he's bounced around. He's been on practice squads with the Cardinals and Niners and now the Saints. And I think he was just elevated to the Saints active roster last week or something. But, you know, he's he's like the fifth best guy on that roster, even though they have like so many injuries on that roster. And that's that's just that's just what what his career is now. He's just going to be this, you know, kind of veteran whiteout that can't do much. And he lost all his physical tools because of his, uh, you know, injuries. So that that's kind of what went wrong here with Kevin White. Mm-hmm. And in his first, uh, you mentioned the the first four, three or four years of his career, he played four games in sixteen, one game in seventeen, nine games in eighteen, but you know didn't do much with it, and was not active at all during twenty nineteen. And as you said, he's bounced around on different practice squads and uh, just hasn't done anything for his career. So. I, I don't think with a guy like this, I don't think there's anything that you could have done to change the trajectory of his career. Some guys just are either injury prone or they just have horrible luck with injuries. And with the type of injuries that this guy had, it wasn't like he had, you know, some soft tissue stuff. He didn't have like a, a wonky hamstring or something like that. He just had, you know, catastrophic injury after catastrophic injury. And there's no way to prevent that. It just it kind of is what it is. So, yep, you know, in that exactly. same vein, I, I don't think that there is an ideal team for him. I think he was just overdrafted. And I remember this being a, a real debate at the time. Uh, I believe the Raiders had the uh, third or fourth overall pick in this draft. And there was a conversation between them taking Amari Cooper, Leonard Williams, or Kevin White. So it was a real discussion between those three guys. And, I mean, Amari Cooper didn't last too long in Oakland, but at least he was – on the field and very productive initially. So uh, yeah, he was a very, yeah. Cooper was definitely productive. Um, yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he's if Kevin productive. White, yeah. And he's still productive. And so maybe if he gets drafted to a different team, maybe he doesn't have those same injuries because there was something on the field in Chicago. I don't know, but that's still <laughs> all speculative and not really a fix for him. So. Yeah. I, I, I don't think there's anything you could do here. 
Yeah. So, all right. Our, our next uh, wide receiver is Tavon Austin. So Tavon Austin, uh, also out of West Virginia, uh, was selected eighth overall by the then St. Louis Rams in 2013. So Tavon was an incredible college player. He was a versatile guy. He had rushing touchdowns, crazy amount of rushing yards, return yards, return touchdowns, receiving yards. Uh, he was one of the best players in college football at that time, but he was just overdrafted. So he was, again, an incredible college player, but he didn't have that same speed advantage, obviously, in the NFL because everybody in the NFL is a world-class athlete. Uh, and he was, of course, on the smaller side, so he didn't have that that going for him. And he was never a precise route runner, never had great hands. So despite the speed, he didn't uh, really present himself as much of a deep ball threat. So I don't think there was anything wrong with him, per se. He didn't have any you know, mental health issues or drug abuse issues or anything like that. I think he was just overdrafted. So with that in mind, I mean, what, what would you have done to fix his career trajectory? Yeah, I think, I mean, I agree with you. He was definitely overdrafted. I think just coming out, he, he was, he's very small for a wide receiver. He's like five foot eight, 170 pounds. Like, I mean, that's almost my size. Dude. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that's pretty small. Um, and then he went into a system where Kellen Clemens is the quarterback and he's expected to be the wide receiver one. And then he's returning puns. So he's taking a beating that way as well. And he's returning kicks. So I, I think, you know, I think Jeff Fisher kind of misused him in the sense that he's like, oh, this is our wide receiver one. But Tavon Austin, you know, if you think of him more of like a uh, offensive weapon, like a Darren Sproles type, you know, get him the ball in space in which I think happened later in his career versus earlier in his career. I think that would have helped him to be a little bit more successful where he's just like, he's not a receiver. He's not a running back, but just an offensive weapon where you can run some screenplays to him, et cetera, or things like that. Um, I just think, yeah, he, he was just put in a bad situation and being a small guy, it's hard to survive in the NFL. Uh, I would, I would have said, you know, idly he goes somewhere like the Ravens where he can compliment someone like a Torrey Smith and he's just another weapon. Like, and you know, Joe Flacco can loves to check down the ball. So Tavon Austin would have been perfect there. Uh, so uh, something like that, right. Where he, where he's not in this pre- high pressure situation coming in as like a five foot eight, one, five foot eight, one seventy guy. And he's like expected to be the wide receiver one here. Uh, so, so I think yeah, that yeah, it's, helped it's not his fault. It's not his fault that he was overdrafted. And this was kind of a weak wide receiver draft aside from uh, DeAndre Hopkins uh, and Keenan Allen. Everybody else is good yeah. to downright bad. So uh, that was shocking that he got why. drafted over Keenan Allen in this draft. <laughs> yeah. And DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, it was the, the, yeah. the thing is also with, with the Rams, I mean, we've seen Jeff Fisher in particular, is not an offensive coach. He's not a very innovative offensive coach. We saw what he did with Jared Goff compared to Sean McVay. So maybe if he does, like you said, end up somewhere like Baltimore, uh, maybe Houston, San Diego, yeah. anywhere really with a more creative offensive staff, they could have gotten more out of him than uh, uh, what, what St. Louis did. But to his credit, he is still active in the NFL almost 10 years later. I think he's on uh, either the Bills or Jaguars practice squad, but he's still around. You know, he's keeping it, keeping him, keeping him. Yeah, around. I think his uh, punt return abilities still keep him around. 
So the, the next guy on our list uh, is actually very similar to Tavon Austin, and that is John Ross uh, out of the University of Washington. So uh, John Ross was selected ninth overall in the 2017 draft by the Cincinnati Bengals. So what uh, what went wrong with John Ross? Yeah, I think, you know, obviously, again, a team fell in love with his speed. I think he was like a 4-2 guy in the 40s, so he's blazing fast, one of the fastest NFL players. And, you know, the Bengals fell in love with that, but they didn't see the rest of the player, right? He not a great he's not a great route runner. He I think he only knows how to run a go route. Like to this day he probably only runs go routes. Uh, you know, his work ethic was questioned, his football IQ was questionable. And, you know, he's also he was also highly injury prone. Um, he had multiple shoulder surgeries and knee injuries. And so it it didn't bode well for him. And, you know, I it's really weird. Like I remember his rookie season, like right off the bat, he ended up in Marvin Lewis's doghouse and he didn't get any playing time. And it's it was crazy. So like he's like he was listed as a sixth wide receiver on the depth chart his rookie year even though he was taken ninth overall. So why did you draft the guy ninth overall? Um, and then, yeah, he's also had issues with drops. I think he's had about an 18.4% drop rate in his career, which is pretty high uh, for a wide receiver. And then, you know, he just, he's just, he's just small as well. And so he struggles to get yeah, man coverages <laughs> and yeah. And so it's like, it's like all these things and, and, you know, you, you end up, you, you don't show your work ethic, your football IQ is lacking. You end up in Marvin Lewis's doghouse or, and list as the six wide receiver um, on the depth chart. And and that's it. And you can't get out of it, right? It's like going in Kyle Shanahan's doghouse. You can't get out of it. And so that that kind of unfortunately put him at a, on a bad career trajectory. Um, and I don't think Marvin Lewis knows how to develop guys like John Ross, right? So he, he definitely needed to do yeah. you know, yep. be somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, you think about the guys, the wide receivers that were good in the Marvin Lewis era in Cincinnati. It's usually some more big body receivers, uh, TJ Hushmanzada, Chad Johnson, AJ Green. They all kind of fit a similar profile. Over six foot, can jump over guys, maybe not uh, run past too many guys, but elite route runners, et cetera, et cetera. And then John Ross is like the complete opposite of that. He's you know, he's listed at 5'11", 195, so he's a bit bigger than Tavon Austin. But just about everything we said about Austin applies to him too, including the coaching staff. So Marvin Lewis is a defensive coordinator by nature, uh, and he just, you know, whoever he had as his, his OC at the time was not able to generate the same type of touches that Ross needed, maybe, you know, being more creative with him, getting him out in space, the way we see teams doing with, uh, you know, Tyreek Hill and stuff like that. It's just, you know, he didn't have the natural ability to get open because of the route running. Like you said, he could run a go route, probably run past everybody in the NFL. At one point, he's probably one of the fastest guys in the league, but uh, he just couldn't stick because of that. And I think one interesting team that I thought could have possibly fixed this guy's career was the Carolina Panthers. So later in this draft, Carolina took Curtis Samuel, uh, who is built very similarly to John Ross. Maybe he's a little bit a little bigger, but uh, in terms of, you know, muscular, uh, in terms of muscle, but he's not much taller than him. And they, Carolina and even Washington now, they use him really creatively. In Carolina, especially in that Cam Newton offense, they use Curtis Samuel, they line him up in the backfield, they played him in the slot outside. So they really mixed it up and they were able to generate touches for him, which again, sometimes you have to do for guys that uh, 
you know, are not great route runners or great wide receivers in general. So I think he would have been a good complement to that offense with Cam Newton and uh, all those guys. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, definitely he wouldn't be in Ron Rivera's doghouse. So he wouldn't, like, I think they would actually give the guy a chance and develop him versus Marvin Lewis. Like, oh, this guy's a moron. He's going to be sixth on the depth chart. Like, I think that's exactly what happened to him. And he never got the developmental needs that he needed or like he never got plays called for him either. So I agree. And speaking of guys that were uh, often in the doghouse, uh, the next receiver we're talking about is uh, Corey Coleman um, out of Baylor. So Corey Coleman was selected 15th overall by the Cleveland Browns in the 2016 draft. So in his first two seasons with uh, Cleveland, he had five touchdowns and less than 720 receiving yards. So he was not used all that much. Maybe had some issues with, you know, quarterback, the, the quarterback that he was playing with, and the, the Browns were not very good during those years anyway. But after complaining about getting more practice reps, running with the ones, getting more playing time, the Browns traded him away for peanuts, basically, uh, at before the start of the 2018 season. I believe they traded him to the New York Giants. So could Corey Coleman's career have gone a different direction uh, if he went somewhere else? I possibly, I think, you know, when he came in to this draft, he had just gone uh sports hernia surgery. And so I, I don't know if the Browns were like, oh yeah, that's no big deal. But they kind of rushed him back pretty quick because Josh Gordon ended up getting suspended and they're like, oh crap, now we need a wide receiver one. And so I think that maybe hurt him in the sense that like he came back too quickly and he was put into this position of being a wide receiver one there. Uh, then, you know, he hurts it. He fractures his, he hurts his hand and eventually fractures it. That kind of takes, takes him out of the equation as well. And then by all accounts, he had a shitty attitude. So that, you know, multiple factors there. And then the Browns also were pretty terrible. Um, so all these things kind of add up in the sense that, you know, it's, it's just not the right environment, right? Get this guy in another environment, get him some mentors, get him a better coaching staff that, you know, really works with him. And I think you, you, maybe you do, uh, save him and and you know maybe he goes somewhere like the new orleans saints where you know they allow him to recover properly and give him time and you know they have guys like drew Brees and sean payton and you know you have someone like brendan cooks already on the roster so there's not a lot of pressure on Corey coleman to be that number one and he can kind of compliment brendan cooks so i think something like that would have maybe saved his career early on if he had been given those opportunities but again we saw him go to the bills it didn't really work out for him there and then i don't know where he is now but he I mean, it's also like, you know, it's, it just depends on your attitude and your work ethic. And if he doesn't have that, maybe it's hard for him to fix that. And maybe that's something that's not fixable for mm-hmm. him. Yeah, he, he's technically still active. He was last on the – he didn't play in 2021. And this year he was most recently on the Chiefs practice squad but uh, was released, I think, uh, you know, pretty early in the season. So, I mean, at least he's still active, which yeah. I get is, is – I guess More that's something to say about some of these guys, but uh, yeah, I think the saints is a great team to basically rehab his career or at least not rehab it, but get it started on the wrong, on the right foot because he's not going to Cleveland. He's playing with a great quarterback that would have made him look better. He's in a, a structure uh, or a more structured environment to better organization that may have been able to better accommodate his, uh, his attitude issues per se and, and winning cures all. So if you're winning, 
you can usually feel better about your role and, and, and the direction that your career is going. So exactly, exactly. Right. The next guy, uh, this is a little more recent than the others. Uh, we're talking about Jalen Rager. So Jalen Rager out of TCU was picked 21st overall in the 2020 draft by the Philadelphia Eagles. So what went wrong with Jalen Rager? Yeah, he was he was pretty injury prone. He had a shoulder sprain in training camp, then he had a ligament tear in his thumb, and that ended his rookie season. And then he also had issues with drops uh, in his second year. And you know, I think the Eagles just overdrafted him. You know, he he was coming off a pretty mediocre season at TCU at the time. But you know, again, you, people fall in love with the speed. People fall in love with oh, this guy is the big body kind of bigger guy, and he runs fast. And I can teach him how to play football in the NFL. But it seems like that was kind of the problem, right? And they also had zero patience with him. They traded him to the Vikings, like after two years. So I think just, you know, he just got off on the wrong foot with some injuries and I don't know, he just wasn't doing it for the Eagles and the Eagles were like, damn, you know, we're done with this guy in two years. Like that's like no patience at all for a wide receiver. Um, and some of these guys that we've just gone through on this list had longer, you know, stints there on their, on those teams. So the Eagles, you know, traded for Devonte Smith or tra- drafted Devonte Smith, traded up for him, they got AJ Brown and, you know, at that point, they're like, you know, we don't even need Rager. He wasn't even good enough to be on the depth chart. And he's, I think he's like wide receiver four on the Vikings right now. So I think it's just a matter of being yeah, overdrafted. He's, uh, he's returning punts and he's not very good at it uh, <laughs> yeah. for Minnesota. Yeah. So. So. yeah, he's either wide receiver four or five uh, there. So, yeah, every, everything you said, basically, I mean, he was overdrafted, didn't have a great uh, junior season with TCU. And the Eagles, who are one of the smartest organizations in the NFL. They kind of outsmarted themselves with this uh, this pick, which I think we see a lot with some of these teams as they don't want to go for the obvious pick, which I think in this case would have been uh, Justin Jefferson, uh, who went the following pick to Minnesota. Yeah, that's the insane had, part. <laughs> you know, maybe he didn't measure quite as good as, as Rager. I think I, I read an article where they said that uh, Rager, Rager's 40 time was slower than Jefferson's time, but Rager's game speed was faster than Jefferson, uh, which is, uh, I mean, I don't even know what, what to make of that, but basically I think what, what makes the selection worse, of course, is the fact that Justin Jefferson went, went right after, uh, Brandon Ayuk went after, you know, a few picks after that, uh, T Higgins went early in the second round. So did Michael Pittman. So these are you know, four receivers right after him that are 10 times better than him. So, and I think the addition of picking JJ Arcega Whiteside the year before over guys like AJ Brown, basically like the Eagles couldn't draft a wide receiver to save their lives <laughs> until they picked uh, Devonte Smith. So there was just like a run of bad picks. And I think because of that, they were eager to ship him off and just try to forget basically what happened. They took whatever they could get from him. I don't even know. I don't remember what the the draft it was. Um, it was like a six round pick or something. Was, yeah, yeah. As peanuts, basically, they just wanted to get a salary off the books because he's making you know decent money as a, as a, a first round pick. So, yeah, this is this was a crazy, crazy wide receiver draft. Uh, I went through and looked at it, and I think there is maybe like literally twenty guys that you would rather have had uh, over Rager that were drafted after him. So we had those four guys. You think about. 
uh, other guy, Jace, Chase Claypool, Van Jefferson, Denzel Mims, Devin DuVernay, Gabriel Davis, Tyler Johnson. <laughs> My goodness. Uh, I mean, I can keep going. My goodness, yeah. I'd, <laughs> I'd have Moody, all of them over Jalen Rager. KJ Osborne, Quez Watkins, who's on the Eagles, who's a six-round pick for the Eagles that same year, is better than their first-round pick. So that's just sometimes, you know, how the cookie crumbles in the NFL. It's not his fault. But he was just basically overdrafted. Uh, one team, you know, this is my team, unfortunately picked uh, Lynn Bowden Jr. in the third round, who didn't even make it through training camp before getting traded to Miami, and I don't even think he's in the league anymore. Uh, maybe that, they was weird, Jalen Rager that was and, a weird training camp for the Raiders <laughs> anyway. So, Yes, it was. And it was a weird pick in general. But maybe the Raiders would have been happier taking him, you know, over uh, maybe he would have been there and he would have had less uh, expectations around him and it would have been able to develop a little more without the crazy Eagles fans being mad that they didn't draft Justin Jefferson. So, Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, or maybe, I think yeah. maybe Raiders have more patience with him for sure. Yeah, I mean, they drafted another guy in the third round, Brian Edwards, who's not on the team anymore, but uh, they gave him a couple years before shipping him out. Yep. Uh, but that's a new regime and all that, so that's that's a different story. But, yeah, it's it's unfortunate what happened to Jalen Raker, for sure. But, again, he's still active, so credit to him for that. Uh, all right. So our next uh, wide receiver is Josh Doxson. So uh, Josh Doxson was drafted – uh, 22nd overall in the 2016 draft by the Washington Commanders. Uh, basically what happened with this guy was just health issues. Uh, he could never stay healthy. He, and even when he was healthy, he wasn't very fast. He was bigger than he was fast. Got no real separation. He ran a 4-5, 40 at the combine, um, and which is okay for a wide receiver. unless you're. But he's not, not that big of a guy, so you would expect it a little more speed there. And he had some good results and he measured well, but I think those injuries just sapped him of any athleticism that he had. Uh, so yeah, what? Uh, how could Josh Doxson's career have gone a little bit differently? Yeah, I don't know if it could have. Um, you know, being injury prone, I mean, he he missed a preseason due to an Achilles injury. Uh, I mean, he had an okay second, like a decent, promising second year in Washington, but for whatever reason, they waived him and then. I think I, I think it might have come down to his work ethic as well. Like he wasn't just really rehabbing pretty hard from his injuries. He was kind of taking it a little easier than he probably should have. And then, you know, he went he bounced around. He was on the Vikings, Jets, Cardinals. Uh I mean, he was drafted into a pretty decent situation there with Washington. He was behind Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garcon, strong veteran wide receivers there, I would say. But he still the couldn't. Only issue with that yeah. is, the only issue with that is that they left after his rookie year. So okay. Was, yeah. Yeah. They left after the rookie year. He was kind of forced to be the number one guy. But I mean, it's it's hard, right? Like when you when you don't get a chance to play and you're hurt and you know there's expectations on you. I I think that's when things go south pretty quickly, and that's a pretty uh, common theme here in in with these wide receivers, right? They have high expectations, they get hurt, or they don't live up to those expectations, and they're you know. Psh- cut after like two years so that's happened to Dotson here too um and you know I would say he reminded me a lot of JJ Stokes coming out he's kind of slow kind of more possession guy um but had maybe had some issues with drops coming in things like that but I would say maybe if he had gone to the Bengals where you know you saw a guy like Tyler Boyd kind of flourish as well uh maybe that's a better situation for him um but obviously you can't do anything about the injuries Yeah, exactly. If, if you're hurt, you're hurt. And it is what it is. Uh, 
Yeah, I, I didn't see much from out of this guy. Um, I don't. He's not very memorable <laughs> in a good or bad way. He was just kind of there. Uh, and after that rookie year where he was very behind Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garcon, like he he was okay. He had two 500 yard seasons back to back, which is it's okay again, but not not what you would expect from a uh, a first round pick. So exactly, unfortunate. And I think. Process. And I think Washington was maybe hoping, oh, maybe he'll be like a Anquan Bolden type receiver. You know, I I think when you see like these big bodied, slower receivers, everyone's like, oh, he's going to be Anquan Bolden, right? Even though he's slower, he's a possession guy. So I think that's part of the problem. Yeah, he's measured at, uh, or he's listed at 6'2", 205. So pretty big, not not overly big. He's not like, you know, A.J. Brown, who's like 225, 230. I think Anquan Bolden is maybe listed at like 215, something like that. Yep, so yep. definitely not as uh, – Anquan Bowl is actually 220. So, yeah, these are much bigger guys. I mean, 15 pounds of muscle. Yeah, and I think Bolden – Yeah, I think Bolden ran a like a 4.75 or 4.840 yard dash, so he was even slower. Yeah, and he but he was just – he was a hell of a competitor. He exactly. Was he, was, exactly. he was insane. I think he played with a broken face at one point. Yeah, so. I mean, his, his work ethic uh, and his – all that was just, you know – so, like, it was just, you know, superb. Exactly, exactly. All right. And then the uh, the next guy, uh, so we're, we're down to uh, 8 out of 10 here, uh, is Laquan Treadwell. So Laquan Treadwell out of Ole Miss was chosen 23rd overall in the 2016 draft by the Minnesota Vikings. So what went wrong with Laquan Treadwell? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, he wasn't necessarily injury prone in the NFL, but coming out of Ole Miss, he, he was coming off a pretty terrible leg injury, I, which I think, you know, uh, was probably some of the reason why he wasn't successful in the NFL. I think he had a broken tibia and a dislocated ankle uh, coming out of Ole Miss. But, you know, he was a pretty decent-sized guy, six foot two, 220 pounds, but was pretty slow. He ran a 4.65 40-yard dash. Uh, again, you know, I think the Vikings took him to be this possession type of wide receiver, uh, and you know, he was, he was by all accounts, he was a five-star recruit, crazy good athlete. But I think, I think that, you know, leg injury took a lot from him and that's kind of where you should have been like, oh, you know, maybe this leg injury is not something that we can, you know, take him you know, in the first round. But, um, I think he only had one catch his entire rookie season and he didn't do a whole lot after that. So, you know, if you watched him play, he looked kind of scared out there and kind of hesitant to even like run routes, things like that. And he was pretty scared to even catch balls in traffic. So I, I mean, just it, it's weird. He's one of the few guys where it wasn't, you know, about necessarily injuries or he had substance abuse issues or anything like that. It just something in him just didn't allow him to play at the NFL level. Um, and I think it's just maybe part of that is the leg injury he had in his college career and he was just scared mm-hmm. to compete again. Yeah, like like you said, no injuries, no major. Well, in college at least, no injuries in the NFL, no major uh, attitude or substance issues or anything like that. Um, I think he just wasn't that good. He wasn't big. He was big, but not too big, and he was slow. So um, he actually reminds me a lot of another wide receiver bust that um, uh, went you know a few years before this. Well, maybe a lot of years before this, but uh, it was uh, Mike Williams who went to the Lions where. He was, he looked big, strong, and fast at the college level, but just wasn't fast enough and wasn't good enough of a route runner at the NFL level to get open. 
So maybe Treadwell should have been a tight end <laughs> instead of a wide receiver, which I think uh, like Mike Williams should have been a tight end perhaps. But uh, this was a weird wide receiver draft. There was There's a few really good players. You look at like uh, Michael Thomas went in the second round. Um, Tyreek Hill went in the fifth round. I mean, that's that's a different story because he had some attitude issues or not some attitude, some legal issues in college. Uh, but other than that, not much at all in this draft. So I, I don't think uh, – so it makes sense why a guy like Treadwell would have would have shot up the, the board and ended up being a first-round pick. The guys drafted ahead of him, Corey Coleman, one of our busts, Will Fuller, good, but you know always hurt or on uh, PEDs. <laughs> Josh Doxson, who we just talked about. So it's a rough year for wide receivers. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I don't know if there's any other teams or any other ideal situation for him. Uh, of maybe some of these teams that picked bad receivers later in the draft. I think of like Houston that picked Braxton Miller, who was a, a quarterback in college, didn't do anything for them. Maybe Treadwell gets some benefit there because he's playing opposite DeAndre Hopkins, so he doesn't have to do all that much. And he's definitely not getting any uh, defensive attention because D Hop is out there. So I don't know. He just uh, I don't think there was any fixing. Yeah, I, I mean maybe maybe if he moves to tight end and he learns to block, maybe it's better. But I think I think he tried. I think that he was on the Giants or something like that, and they tried to make him a tight end. So I, I don't. You know. You are actually yeah. thinking about the next name. Oh, is it the next guy? Is it the so, next guy? Okay, my bad. My yes. bad. My bad. So uh, our ninth guy here. Uh, is uh, Calvin Benjamin. So Calvin Benjamin was selected uh, 28th overall uh, from Florida State in the 2014 NFL Draft by the Carolina Panthers. So uh, Calvin Benjamin was a great college receiver. He was paired up with uh, Jameis Winston where they won a national title together. But he uh, had some work ethic issues, some attitude issues. And some people say that some of the issues he had came after, uh, I think, the same summer or same year he tore his ACL. Uh, his mother also passed away. And they say after that, he really turned uh, a little bit uh, surly and just, you know, was not a, a good teammate on a, on top of the already, like, attitude issues and weight issues that he had. Uh, so he actually, he, just like you said, he actually did try out for the New York Giants at tight end. Yep. Uh, but something happened there, some ish attitude issue. He had some beef with Joe judge and they actually just, I think they cut him maybe the day after that they, they signed him. Uh, so yeah. Could his career have gone any differently? Could this have been fixed in some way? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy because he had a pretty successful rookie year. Um, he did pretty well his rookie year. I think he almost hit a thousand yards receiving his rookie year. Uh, but like you said, you know, then things went south for him really quickly with all these uh, ACL tears, his mom passing and things like that. Um, I think he was just in general, pretty undisciplined player. I think he, you know, he struggled with weight issues, uh, maybe that, you know, in relation to his ACL injury and his mom passing. But I, th- I think he, he got very close to like almost 300 pounds or some, something crazy like that, like where he, he was just really overweight at some point. Um, but yeah, maybe, maybe if, you know, maybe they tell him you're a tight end and not a receiver and let, let him get a little bigger and he maybe a little more, uh, gets a, you know, a little less, less attention on him, things like that. But maybe, maybe he needs a personal, maybe he needs a personal chef or a trainer or something to help him, uh, to lose that weight as well. So maybe that, that might've benefited him. So he did, he did start off well, like you said, he had, he had a thousand and eight yards his rookie year and nine touchdowns. Yeah. which is great for a rookie receiver. Missed the 2015 season with uh, 
that ACL and then came back in 16 uh, with uh, 940 yards and seven touchdowns. Yeah, so, so still not bad, year, but yeah. yeah, after that he was he was traded to uh, to Buffalo. Yeah, and so I think you know maybe if he goes somewhere like New England, right, where Tom Brady's on his ass about his weight and you know <laughs> can maybe mentors him a little bit more and you know Bill uses him more in like as a tight end or maybe like a big body slot receiver something like that. Um, I think maybe that's maybe that's where he would have done well because he has you know Tom Brady and Bill and these guys to kind of mentor him and help him through some of these issues that he was facing in his life. Um, and Tom Brady definitely would have been him on the weight, so uh, maybe that helps Calvin Benjamin. I don't know, but it's it's always hard he to say, right? Eating like uh, he would have eaten like avocado ice cream. Yeah, avocado ice cream every day, man. <laughs> the TB12 method, basically. Yeah, I mean, he just. Uh, it's unfortunate because I, I really liked him in college. I think he made the game-winning touchdown catch in the yeah, the national I championship so. game. So he was he's a big time player, and he's I mean he's listed on Football Reference at six five two forty five. Wow! Yeah, so yeah, that that's what he's listed at. He's listed at which, yeah, and I think he at yeah, some point so I, was way over that at some point in his career. Yeah, I mean the guy was like fat shamed on on Twitter. Yeah, like, he was like the wide that. receiver Eddie Lacy. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> I'm sure that didn't help his, uh, you know, his mental health and his attitude. I'm and sure. Stuff like I'm that. sure it so, didn't. Yeah, yeah, I, I felt bad for him because especially after uh, reading about his mom passing and all that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure. I'm sure. You know that that probably hit him really hard, and that probably led to some of his weight issues as well, and overeating and things like that. Yeah, you wanted to eat his feelings, basically. Mm-hmm. So. Um, all right, and then the the last guy on our uh, board here is, uh, I think, a close favorite of yours, and that is uh, AJ <laughs> Jenkins out of Illinois. Uh, so AJ Jenkins went thirtieth uh, overall uh, in the 2012 draft to the San Francisco Niners. So what the hell went wrong with AJ Jenkins? Yeah, man. I mean, the Niners first had no business drafting this guy. It was a head scratcher at the time. You're like, what are you guys doing? Why are you drafting AJ Jenkins? But let's get let's get into some of what AJ Jenkins was. He's he's six foot, 192, ran a 437 40 yard dash. So he had the measurables that, you know, you would think, you know, this be this guy would be a good receiver. But by all accounts, his football IQ was pretty lacking. I think he started his playing career pretty late too, um, in terms of, you know, uh just, you know, I think he started his junior year of high school or something crazy like that, if I remember correctly, about A.J. Jenkins. Um, but, yeah, he, he, like, by all accounts, like, I remember that rookie training camp and the reports coming out of rookie training camp was, like, A.J. Jenkins is on the ground all the time and this dude does not understand a single play being called. Like, <laughs> that was the rookie report coming out of camp. And, like, he did not understand the plays. Um, so... I think that's eventually kind of what led to him being a scrub and washing out. Like, yes, you can have all the talent, but if you don't have the IQ, you don't have the work ethic, uh, you're just not going to get anywhere in the NFL. And so, you know, he he just, it, I think he even refused, like, I think Jerry Rice even asked him, hey, man, I'll, I'll you want to come train with me? Jerry Rice has some, like, training hill that he used to do and stuff like that. And AJ Jenkins was like, no, the I'm The famous good. hill, man. Yeah. Everybody knows about that. Everyone knows so. about the hill. So AJ Jenkins was like, nah, dude, I'll pass. So, I mean, when, when you're passing on Jerry Rice, a Hall of Fame wide receiver, a great, arguably one of the greatest wide receivers of all time, uh, I don't think you're going to be very successful in the NFL, man, if that's your work ethic and that's that's how you're going to, you know, try to train in the NFL is, like, like reject a guy who's, a proven one of the greatest of all times a legend 
like reject him to train with him. So I, I mean, that's that's probably like the crux of the issue is AJ Jenkins just didn't understand NFL offenses and he didn't have a work ethic. So and then eventually he got traded to the Chiefs and for another garbage guy, John Baldwin, who probably would be on this list at some point. But yeah, so that's that's what <laughs> yeah, happened. That's what's wrong with AJ Jenkins. Be on here. Yeah. Yeah, everything is wrong with him, basically. Uh, yeah, and the the question of you know could this uh, could he have been fixed? Uh, maybe if he fixed his attitude, if he uh, chose to work out with Jerry Rice, like you said. But this was, you know, a cursed wide receiver draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't I, I don't uh, use that word too strongly, but it really was. I mean, if you look at it, uh, Justin Blackman went fifth. We already talked about him. Michael Floyd went 13th. He was okay. And then some of the other names just didn't do much at all. Um, Kendall Wright, Brian Quick, Stephen Hill, Ryan Broyles, Ruben Randall, Devere Posey, Muhammad Sanu, okay, probably maybe the best of the bunch. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, actually, he was probably the best receiver here. Uh, and I wonder, you know, if, if the uh, Niners had taken somebody like Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah. Uh, at yeah. This point. That, that's actually. Marvin Jones, who. That's actually yeah. who I wanted him to take was Alshon Jeffrey. I remember that. I was like, oh man, get Alshon Jeffrey. At least you get a big wide receiver. And you're like, who the hell is this AJ Jenkins? Yeah, exactly. You could have. <laughs> maybe he's the one that you're throwing those goal line fades to. Exactly. The Super Bowl. Exactly, man. Uh, the irony of, out of all this is that the only wide receiver from this draft that's still active is Marvin Jones. Yeah, on who, the Jaguars. Uh, you know, is uh, that's right. He's still semi productive, but he is the. Uh, he went in the fifth round. I think he's the leading wide receiver from this draft, maybe yeah. after Alshon Jeffrey. That makes sense. Um, so actually, no, sorry. It's T.Y. Hilton, Marvin Jones, Alshon, Alshon Jeffrey. Jones. So yep. not a great wide receiver draft, but there were guys that the Niners, if they were dead set on taking a receiver, they could have taken that would have contributed. Because if you look at this guy's career stats, it's uh, 17 catches for 223 yards. Yeah. So uh, Yeah. I mean the Niners struggle uh, to draft wide receivers, especially in the first round. It's like a thing since like I don't know. I think they've drafted maybe one wide receiver in the first round that's actually hit. And that was like maybe Jerry Rice. <laughs> and maybe JJ and, and, and know, maybe uh, JJ Stokes if you want to count JJ Stokes, but he didn't really hit for me. So um Yeah. And he had uh in his rookie year, Jenkins had one target, zero receptions, zero yards. He was he was bad, man. Like his in his rookie camp, he was bad, and so I think Harbaugh saw that pretty quickly. And Harbaugh's like, "Crap, I can't play this guy." So he did not see the field much his rookie year. So that that's it for our wide receiver bust from the last ten years. So starting from the 2012 draft, we'll be doing uh, 2000 to 2011 at some point. There's plenty of really bad names, and <laughs> bad and memorable names in those drafts. So. Uh, but before we wrap up, I mean, there are some guys that I think would fall under the honorable mention category. So we could just go over them real quick, maybe talk about why they didn't end up making this list. Uh, the first is Nikhil Harry. So for me, I wanted to put him here, but I think there's still some hope for him. I don't think he's quite as bad as Jalen Rager because he's still out there catching some passes. But uh, I don't I don't have too much hope for him. So maybe if we did this a year from now, he's on that list. So what do you think? Yeah, yeah, I I agree. He's probably he probably will end up on this list sooner or later. So I mean, we've only looked at the top ten, but he definitely could have made it here. Uh, the next name is uh, actually, and Nikhil Harry went a thirty second overall. Uh, I think out of Arizona State. Yep. in two thousand nineteen. So 
the next guy is Philip Dorsett. He went 29th overall in 2015 to the Indianapolis Colts. I think we both agreed he's still active. He's still making some plays here and there. I think he's on the Texans now. So yes. he's, he's still active. He's still active. Again, he's it's, it's a pretty low bar. Yeah. And he and he's putting yeah, up he some has, numbers uh, from time to time. So he's he's not as bad as the guys we out. yeah. He's <laughs> not as bad as the guys we've talked about. Yeah. Uh another name here is a uh, really interesting name is Brashad Perryman. He went uh 25th overall out of UCF in 2016 to the Ravens. I think he missed his rookie year with injury. But after that, he just he's had a really strange career. Yes, right. Yes. Like yeah. he's uh, he's been on a bunch of teams, but um, he's balled out a couple times. I mean, he was on uh, that Tampa Bay team in 2019. I think the one that uh, they when when uh, Jameis Winston threw like 30 interceptions, yeah. 30 touchdowns, <laughs> 30 interceptions, something like that. So. Uh, but he's got like all the measurables, right? He's a big body receiver. He's strong, fast. I think he, again, he's also still active on Tampa Bay. So yeah, really interesting career. And I think just because of that, like I don't think I I would put him on this list. Agreed. Agreed with that. And then the last one, I think you and I debated this a little bit, and that is uh, Sammy Watkins out of Clemson. He went uh, fourth overall to the Buffalo Bills. Why? Uh, you know, what, what was your argument for keeping him off this list? Yeah, I, I would say, you know, he's still active. He put up some numbers in Buffalo initially. He, he wasn't too bad, but obviously he had some injuries. But I, I think, you know, he had some injuries and his, I, I would say he's just okay. But he, I don't know if you, he makes this list as a top 10 bust because he still put up numbers and he's still active. He's still playing on the Packers. He's, he's still getting big money contracts. So uh, I, he had decent years in on the Rams as well. Um, Chiefs not so much, but Packers he's not doing great. He won a Super Bowl. He won a Super Bowl. Yeah, he won a Super Bowl. That's correct. So, uh, you know, he, he he's still right, productive. He made, uh, was he the one that caught that third and fifteen catch? Yes, yes, I think that was Sammy Watkins. Yes, that was Sammy yeah. Watkins. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. Do, I'll fact check that. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I wanted to include him here because of just the. The, the production compared to the place where he was drafted. I mean, you go fourth overall, you're not expecting like, okay, you're expecting greatness. Exactly. And like you said, initially he started off well, basically two to 2000 yard seasons to start his career, but then injuries started to pile up and he just started bouncing around. Uh, but he did end up winning a Super Bowl in Kansas city. And, and again, if where you remember correctly, he didn't make one of the, the more memorable plays. Yep. No, you're, you're right. So. You're right. Because he he burned Sherman on that route. That was that was Sammy Watkins. That's right. I do yeah. remember that because I remember I, I was like, was like, who uh, was it? And it was he burned Richard Sherman. I was like watching that, and I was like, <laughs> holy crap! Richard Sherman got roasted on this by Sammy Watkins. Yeah, he got he got toasted real yeah. nice by uh, by Watkins there, who's still fast. He's still fast. Yeah, uh, he's not doing not doing too much in in Green Bay, but again, he is uh, he's still there and he's still playing. So yeah, I. Again, I just I thought he deserved to be here based on the select on where he was selected, but it's fair to leave him off. I think. Yeah, I agree. So, all right. Well, that that's it for our show. Uh, thank you all for listening. Please make sure to follow, uh, like, and subscribe to our podcast on all the major pro- uh, podcasting platforms: Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, et cetera, et cetera. 
Uh, make sure to follow us on all social media platforms. We're on uh, Facebook at the 4040 Vision Podcast, and we are on Instagram and Twitter at 4040 Vision Pod. So please make sure to uh, follow us and, and like and subscribe and do all that good stuff on there. Uh, thanks. Appreciate your time, Salman. Thanks for coming on, man. Thanks, everybody.